Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I've got a delicious medley of topics to cover, going from Makoto Shinkai's new fantastic animated film, Suzumi, or however you pronounce that, to Modern Wisdom's newest podcast with David Laid, to how terrible Chelsea are doing in the Football League. I know, not not for everybody, but a delectable medley, like I said, of different topics, uh, as well as a sprinkling of Diamond no Esu at the end of the podcast. But I want to start off by talking about uh, the Modern Wisdom podcast that recently came out, about 24 hours ago, or whenever I'm recording this podcast. And it's with one of the fitness influencers that I first got into back in 2018, which was David Lade, who'd been around in the fitness industry for years beforehand. And he's, I think he's two years younger than me, and he's just such a introspective and very intelligent young man who has this ability to be able to see the world around him and make evaluations based off it, even though he's famous for something that might be considered quite ex- external, validating, um, lacks a little bit of, you, you would think it would be a meathead mindset, but it's not, it's quite the opposite. And watching this podcast made me realize as well something quite interesting is that the mindset that I have very much aligns with what they were talking about. So for those who are listening now and you, you've you either listened to the podcast or you're an interest, interested in modern wisdom uh, and with Chris Williamson and with David Laid, please go listen to that podcast. And if you've already listened, you'll be thinking to yourself already what the, the mindset that came into it. I think what I talk about regularly is the materialism within the world at the moment that needs to be removed a little bit. You know, we, we, we always place so much value on stuff that degrades with time. Like I said in previous podcasts, talking about cars, talking about assets in the house. When my friends come around, they're like, why have you got such little stuff? And I, I talk about this because you don't need stuff. The stuff that you're going to be thinking about when you're older, when you're an old man, you're like, look, get a kids, get off my lawn. We, wa- I want it. You're trespassing on my t- property. You didn't win in my yard. Wait, wait, I, wait. All of you. Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? The whole point of that is so that you can be able to say to yourself, justify to yourself the actions that you took when you were in your 20s. When you're uh, my age, when you're in your late 20s, when you, you know, 27, 28, 29, you have this, uh, as Chris Williamson talks about, this ideas where you realize like some of the stuff that you thought about when you were younger was meaningless. And it, it came to my mind because I realized that I realized that at 19. Um, I, I've realized a lot of this at a young age that this external factors don't really matter. You know, you don't really need it. It's why I love to travel because building those memories, building those relationships and those experiences are what lasts forever. Everything else, I, I can I can think of all the things that I used to talk about when I was younger uh, and how much of, do, of them do I actually still own now? You know, I've still got the Lord of the Rings extended edition. <laughs> That's probably one of the few things I still have. I still have the laptop that I've had since 2015. But apart from the things that I use on an everyday basis, how much do you still have from back then? For me, very little. I've given away clothes to charity that I used to wear. Uh, I've, you know, all the things that I think of, the video games I've given to other people. Um, my little sister has my PS2 from when I was younger. All of these things that you know, you think about in the moment are so important to you, so precise, I need this new thing now, it makes you realize that no, 
No, you don't. And so when I was listening to, to the Modern Wisdom podcast, they, they put an emphasis really on becoming the best version of yourself. It's UVU. We talk, you know, I've talked about this many a time, and like that's like a common theme is if you can make the best version of yourself by challenging yourself every single day, 1% at a time, then you can build on a foundation and build further and further and further and further. And I think something that's really interesting about Chris Williams and then David Lay's podcast, David's still 25, he's still like myself. You've got so much time to work with. You've got so much you can do with that time. For him, he's already built a foundation where he can just do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. There is nothing. in There's there's just such a late, late a unlimited you know, cap on the life. And I love that. I love seeing that, I love hearing that. Uh, it can become very easy to judge other people. It can become very easy to just label, oh, it's easy for them. You can't, You could easily say to David, they, oh yeah, you got off on your looks. But actually, if you listen to the conversation, he's clearly done some work. He's clearly studied and looked inward to be able to figure out what he believes in. And I think this is something truly powerful, is that if you can look inward and you come out with some answers, you're probably better, <laughs> you've probably done better than 90% of people nowadays. And that is something that's very difficult to do because it does, it's, it's not fun. It's not easy. It's not something that's going to make you feel happy, smiley immediately. You know, it's, it's this consistent grind to get it. Goggins talks about it, that daily consistency. And it's something that you have to build upon. You have to start today because there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Damn, Rod, come on! What's the matter with you? Tomorrow. There's no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! I love that clip from Rocky. It really gets me every time, you know? The the idea that today is now, now is the moment we take it. Yes, we can think of the future. Yes, we can look at the past and think, I've learned from this, but today is special. And every, I, you know, th this is something that I'm always thinking about when I'm with friends. Time flies by when I'm with friends and family. Every moment is so much fun. I'm always smiling, I'm always laughing because I know that these moments never last forever. You'll look back at them and you'll think to yourself that, damn, that was good. And this, this, is, this is why this conversation made me realize so many things about myself, about the way I live. You know, this is why I love podcasts, because it, not only are you a fly on the wall listening to another conversation, you absorb a perspective that could potentially make you a better person like damn how cool is that how amazing is that you have even though you've never met these people you've never been there you're never even in the same room with them but you have this option this like unlimited access to conversation and mindset that could potentially make your world a better place your bubble could grow that much bigger and you could expand your mindset that much more and that's so cool. You know, I think David talked about how his back injury basically stopped him from lifting heavy. 
it's one of the main reasons is for, for me not squatting and deadlifting is actually because of David Lade. Um, I remember seeing his injury back in like 2018, 19 periods, that, that time frame. And I just saw how debilitating it was. And I just thought to myself, like, I suffer from lower back pain when I either squat or deadlift. And it's just not worth it. The, you know, the, what, what's it called? It's the, um, the risk to reward ratio just isn't worth it. In this case, it's a very ego, you know, manly. Oh, I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to death lift and I'm going to squat. It's like that, that sort of mindset. I'm the alpha male. Um, <laughs> it's not It's not a good thing to do. There's so many other ways to be able to bed. And don't get me wrong, I love Tom Platts. I think Tom Platts is a genius in his own right for the way he was able to manipulate his legs to become the greatest genetic legs of all time, whether that be with steroids or otherwise. Uh, and I get that he says that squats are the best way to do it, but if you are going to damage your spine, which could later down the line cause you to be hobbling around like Ronnie Coleman, it's probably not gonna be a good idea to say, lightweight, baby. <laughs> It's probably not a good idea. Uh, but back to the Modern Wisdom podcast. I think to hear from somebody who's a similar age to me, uh, go on there. And there's not many podcasts where I listen to people in my age bracket uh, talk with such honesty, sincerity, and to re be relatable at the same time. That's That's a big thing for me. And to hear him say he went through trials and tribulations, and I'm 52 minutes into this podcast, so I was in deep, and I was, it was also listening to, to Chris Williamson talk about today's modern ideas. He, he has a common theme as well of talking about uh, the ideas of modern dating and men and the statistics behind it. And I talked to a friend recently about them, and I said, I think these statistics have always been that being there for men it's just that we're only realizing them now because of technology you think about it everyone's like oh if we if i was back in the 80s if i was back in the 90s i'd be able to do this that and the other it's like no bollocks it's exactly the same it's just emphasized by 10 because dating apps are like it was just on steroids it's times 10 we are seeing a reality check this is the honesty, and I think that the statistics, yeah, they're true, they're facts, that's fine, but the real thing here is actually it's always been that way, and we're just starting to realize like, oh, right, this is the way the ball has been rolling this entire time, and this is the direction we're going in. So don't be too surprised by those statistics that Chris gives. I think they're, they're just the way of the world, um, and to allow them to make you feel bad, negative, or any of these things, no. Nah. It's a way for you to change, so keep that in mind. But the way he uses them with David is this idea of just a reality check for our age group. I do love uh, going back to Goggins's quote of this is the weakest generation that has ever existed. And there's people like David, there's people like Truett Haynes, there's people like myself who took that personally. It became personal with me. <laughs> and if you do... You should. If you're in my age group, you should take it personally. You should be saying to yourself, like, fuck, am I going to allow him to say that about my millennials? And I'm going to go out there and train harder. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to read more. I'm going to do all these things because I'm going to prove them wrong. And that's the mindset that I go into is that it doesn't really matter. But 
if you have an external factor that comes into mind that you can utilize and you can use as motivation fantastic so listen to that conversation go go listen to it it's an hour long like what's an hour to, to listen you can go on a walk you can get some steps in get some fresh air you could listen to it and chill like a meditative session i think it's that sort of conversation that it's not so hectic that you're going to find it uh too i think one of those things where you you're coming out of the gym for instance you could be quite overexerted and you want to chill out a little bit one of those things one of those conversations i think it's fantastic i think it's brilliant for if you're in your mid to late 20s killer conversation for you if you're in your 30s still still applicable so yeah really solid moving on to the next subject of the matter into the medley of conversation i really want to talk about makoto shinkai's uh, newest film suzumi which again as you the listener may know i am a huge fan of makoto shinkai i think his animation filmmaking is a masterclass and is the new generation uh, animation that deserves the credit that it gets uh, and i think suzumi is just an actually for me personally i think it's better than weathering with you i think it's not not as good as your name but it's there it's close and it's it's very different to garden of words and it's very different to five centimeters per second because it's a different sort of story i think it's an adventure story almost because a lot of his uh, stories have romance at their core the love the the relationship between the man and the woman uh or young people in this case and but suzumi and I'm, you know without me spoiling it for you the listener the viewer uh, i will give you a, a idea of the story the line is that this young girl she meets a gentleman who is going is traveling into the countryside and she points him to the local ancient ruins now she realizes that the local ancient ruins are yeah, you know, abandoned, and she doesn't want to, she's just given him these directions, and she doesn't want to leave him there on his own, so she skips school, goes there, and accidentally bumps into a ancient doorway that leads to the ethereal world, and it's almost like a, a doorway to heaven, or hell, depending on what you want to consider it, and by accidentally removing the foundation stone from the the floor she opens up this doorway which releases a giant dark worm now the whole the rest of the story for you and without me spoiling it is about her adventures through that but what i found in the the beauty of this film because i was i was sucked in immediately i didn't know when i went into the film what it was going to be about i love doing that i love going into a film without really a concept of what i'm about to watch it gives me a lot you know i like a nice surprise um, the same thing happened when I wa went and watched uh, the um, huge talented, uh, the huge burden of talent. I can't remember the, the full story, but it's, it's basically a Nicolas Cage film. And I, I loved it. Myself and my sister went and watched that. And it was such a big surprise to go in and just have no concept of what the film's going to be about. And see Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage just have amazing on King bromance chemistry. So films like that, just really, I love doing that to myself, going into the cinema, big bag of sweets in hand, and just, boom, watching, just, oh, I'm not, monkey man, love, love, love. <laughs> so to, to me, that's that's the big thing. And 
Suzumi has an amazing soundtrack. Maybe I can overlay at the moment a little bit of Suzumi in the background, just to give you a little taste, a little, you know, sound reminiscence, renaissance in your ears, because that's what it is. Because the band who produce for Makoto Shinkai, the Rand Wamps, are fantastic. They're really, they've done Your Name, they've done Weathering Dew, and now they've done Suzumi as well, with this fantastic soundtrack that really gives you just a, a great feeling of hope. And you'll see this actually, this song's gone viral on uh, Instagram Reels, you'll see it around. I think it's, you know, well credited for, for what it is, and I think that's fantastic to see that it's getting the accolades that it deserves. Uh, a band like that from Japan getting some sort of Western applause is always good to see. I really enjoy the fact that it, it becomes popular in both Japan and externally as well. Makoto Shinkai, once again, creating a film that, in my opinion, is always worth seeing. He doesn't produce them often. They are masterpieces. They are stories in their own right that are completely different to the previous ones. They have an adventure in there. They have characters that you actually like. I love the art in this film. I love the the, fret, the, um, the main the protagonist uh, himself, like the actual protagonist protagonist guy and the girl and then his best friend is hilarious in it as well and some of the surrounding third party characters as well i think the only person i don't like in the entire film which is he's done it deliberately is and if you go see it you'll get it the cat and i'm not going to say any more than that but if you go see it or watch it or when it comes out online you'll realize oh yeah i understand that is dislikable cat <laughs> Uh, and it's very difficult to dislike something in these films. He doesn't normally do that. This, but he's done it really well. Like you're meant to have this emotional roller coaster ride with the main character, uh, and I love that. Like, bring me in, Makoto. Bring me in. I'm ready to get join in. There's, there's very few films that made me emotional, but I was feeling emotional at the end of this film. Uh, so yeah, well done, Makoto Shinka, once again, creating an animation masterclass that just truly, you know, pulls in, like, on your heartstrings. Uh, and I think he's so underrated as a director. Yes, he became popular because of your name, but his, it's just in making the world, rea the, the reality of the animated world become better than reality is like madness, madness. He also makes um, looking at the Japanese countryside just look uh, just amazing which makes me even more excited to go to Japan in October. He also it brings back this idea of Studio Ghibli in the sense that Studio Ghibli and just the directors for Ghibli made the countryside, the world seem better than it actually is and brought you into this magical place to make you feel warm inside, happy and just want to be there. And I think he does a very similar act there, which is great to feel because there needs to be that in the industry. There can't just be one sides fits all sort of thing for, for, for creativity. You have to have some sort of balance in that sort of thing because it's very easy to make a, a negative, pessimistic view of the world. So moving on from from that, of course, I could talk about Makoto Shinkai for days. Uh, I will, like I said, a little sprinkling here. If you, uh, the new, it's not a new series, but if you're a fan of sports anime, then go watch Diamond No Asu or Ace of Diamonds in English. Either way, you'll probably find it under the the phrase Diamond No Ace. Uh, 
And it's all about my uh, the character who reminds me of myself a little bit, Samura, who's the pitcher for this really small middle school who then goes to a baseball high school. And he, he his it's all about his journey of becoming the ace of the baseball team. And it's one of these things where every single character within this series is relatable, is fun to watch, has their own character quirks, is completely different to one another, and has a fantastic design in terms of how they look. You've got uh, one of the characters who's aging Samura's best friend, basically, is a pink-haired pitcher who evolves with Eijin-kun as he goes through this process. You're not just like, oh, this guy's the ace immediately. Like a lot of series, you'll see a kind of slow progression, like a lack of slow progression. In this show, it's really impressive to see that they've really slowed the progression down and really, like, piece by piece, seen him evolve through the seasons and seen him become more mature as well as he grows up. Because at the beginning, of, you know, he's he's very open with all of the thoughts in his head. And then as he gets to, like, the third season of Diamond No Ace, you see that he's become a little bit more of a leader towards the rest of the crew. And all of the surrounding characters build with him and realise, like, oh, he's not just a um, <laughs> monkey, monkey brain numbskull who says everything he's thinking and is just a laughing maniac, which if I put his laugh on, on screen now, you'll totally understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> But I love, I love that. I love building with the character. I love being in their shoes and feeling what they're feeling and understanding that something cool about sports and anime is that there's a goal at the end of it and you want them to achieve their goal but you don't want them to achieve it without learning something and you fail with them and you by failing with them you feel the emotion for them to you want them more to succeed and this is what this series does there's highs there's lows there's characters who you know you don't see again in some of the places but you really wanted them to continue they you really wanted them to be a part of the winning team and even the the opponent teams are fun because they've created characters who are so unique and have their own skill set and i love that it does remind me a little bit of haiku where even the enemy you're just like wow they're great they're fantastic so like if haiku's the you know the the substance entry of coffee then you're going into diamond oasis of the the cocaine of, of the drugs i don't know that's a terrible analogy let me scratch that but basically it's it's, it's great give it a watch if you're into I don't know, feeling good and watching some a sport that you might not be into. For instance, for me personally, I've never watched baseball in real life, but in anime, seems great. Same with volleyball with haiku. So, you know, it's one of those things. Finally, let's talk about the shit show that is Chelsea FC. For those who are not a fan of sports or football, please forward to the end of the podcast uh, where I give the roundup which will be in around five minutes. You can do that now. I'm giving you three, two, one, move on. Chelsea have been diabolical. Uh, one of my favourite people to listen to, Rory Jennings, about Chelsea is totally right. Our, our club is in chaos. It is probably the worst I've ever seen Chelsea in my lifetime. Uh, I have 
not been around for the pre-90s, pre-Abramovich era. I was there for Hasselbank and for Zola, and I saw that era, and it was, t- you know, it was not even as bad as this, uh, even without the pre-investments. It's an absolute shambles where money's being thrown around without any real thought. The sport is kind of being destroyed by the fact that it's looks like it's just a big abyss of chucking you know millionaires monies billionaires i should say into the sport and kind of ruining it there's not an assemblance of a team anymore it's just a bunch of individuals put into the squad and it doesn't seem like anybody really cares about chelsea they don't have any pride in the badge and they're just there for the paycheck it seems like and it doesn't even feel like anybody's putting a shift in there's probably like two or three players out of all of the squad who actually care and that breaks my heart because for me somebody who hasn't got any like an initial talent in anything and has to work hard for everything he does it breaks me inside watching players who are getting paid so much money to do what they're doing and to throw it away basically and say i'm just here for the money screw the history of the club screw the history of the badge i don't give a fuck i'm just here to basically try and get a medal and that to me is that's what it looks like that's what my team looks like my team looks like that that's what i see in the squad of 11 they don't they're mercenaries they don't really care about the squad um and that to to me is just unacceptable it's not acceptable as chelsea football club we were probably we were european champions literally uh, two seasons ago basically and you know it's it's ridiculous to think we went from a, a Champions League winning team to mediocrity. Like real mediocrity. Like 12th place, close to relegation because there was clearly some backroom issues with Thomas Tuchel. We hired in an amateur manager in Graham Potter. And now we've got an even more amateur manager of Frank Lampard. Who sadly, even as a club legend clearly can't get that squad together but it also does show to me that it's the players the players are the problem at the moment there's no unity there's no cohesion and there's no people who can score a bloody goal it's embarrassing uh to me personally i'd put so i'd i'd take some of those senior squad members out and i'd just start playing the youth genuinely you've got more chance of playing some of those younger players giving them a chance giving them a play on the pitch put those guys on the side screw their contracts screw the money that they're playing for them screw their i get to play every game sort of thing no get the youngsters in you've got nothing to lose now frank if i were you i'd be playing some of the guys who are hungry to play hungry to be in that squad screw all the senior players in that squad they're not showing their strength if i'm honest i'd be just chucking all of the youngsters in Try and get as many points as you can and see who really wants it. Because in my opinion, that's a bloated squad with half the players who don't really want to be there. And if they don't want to be there, don't play them. Don't play them. Don't, you know, who who cares about the politics at the end of the day? And I'm not even going to get into the fact that Todd Bowley and the Clear Lake group have basically made my squad look like a laughing stock because their pride is more important than playing a good game of football. Who forgot about that? Who forgot about the reason why we watch football in the first place? We watch to watch the beautiful football that gets played. It's why one of my favourite players of all time is Ronaldinho. Like, he wasn't... He was putting on a show. 
Like, that's what he was great at. I remember me and my friends at school used to think, look, watch him for Barcelona. And he was magical with the ball. He did things that nobody else could do. And I don't see it even as a semblance, even a slight bit of that at Chelsea. It's the same shit day in, week in, week out. So I hope my squad can get it together in the next season. Let's hope that Maurizio Pochettino can pull it together and see some sort of semblance of a good team effort because that's what Arsenal did this season now even though they're probably going to bottle the league which is hilarious sorry dad but if if they do bottle the league that's because City are a better team those two are teams they have a squad of 11 plus that want to work together. It's not individuals, it is a team of effective players within a system put together by the manager that's working and isn't just theoretical, it's practical. So, hopefully my rant there hasn't drawn away too many players, but who cares, we're 28 minutes in. And so, for you the listener, let's get back to the roundup. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I really hope that you've listened to the Modern Wisdom podcast with David Laid and Chris Williamson. And I really hope that you've got a little bit out of Suzumi, that you're going to go watch it, Ace No Diamonds. Uh, hopefully that the Chelsea Football Club are going to get it together, sort their lives out, and maybe show a little bit of semblance of teamwork. Because in this world, I think something that I've realised in the sports that I really enjoy is that it can become very easy to be very selfish, to be able to say... I am holding myself accountable, but to be able to hold other people accountable as well, that's a high difficulty to be able to do, and to be able to say that you've done it is uh, quite commendable, to say the least. So I look forward to seeing that. I hope that you, the listener, have learned something today, learned as much as I have from watching some of the content that I'm talking about, and realised as well that, you know, there's good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. This has been the Taylor's Tales Podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going. Because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? There's some good in this world, Mr. Furl. And it's worth fighting.